Welcome to episode 198 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, June 5th, and tonight we're reviewing Wonder Woman. God's gift to feminine cinema. Ooh, I can feel the heat coming off that nasty little uh, tone that you have there. Well, if you follow any any social media account, that is that is the title that's been attached to this movie. I think DC is going to make it the subtitle when they roll out like, like Dawn of the Justice. next the next wave of of uh, like weekends. But before we talk about Wonder Woman, before we get into the meat and potatoes, we talk housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. I would think that uh, we are not, McSauce.com is not God's gift to feminism. We're, we're pretty uh, chauvinist. If uh, I don't know. I think we we run run the line of fairness. How's that? Fairness in... in God's com- gift to realism. <laughs> fairness keeping it, in... Keeping it rule. In... Uh, Comic book reviews, strips, and podcasting. And uh, you can find the podcast on Podomatic. You can find it in the iTunes Store, the Apple Podcast app. I think it's been re- renamed, rechristened, right? It's Apple Podcast app or something like that. That's what I've heard. Uh, I just use the free podcast. I don't know. Let's find out. It says podcast on my podcast. phone. I don't Matt, know. If- you're, uh, you're Apple loyal. Is this purple guy the. Apple podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. so people have been on podcasts that I listen to, they refer to it as the Apple Podcast. There there is a uh, an update that I have not run yet on my phone. So maybe maybe that's Possibly. it. I don't I don't think so. I don't have any updates for that. You can also find it in Stitcher, the Stitcher radio. That's my preferred method of listening to podcasts. What about Podomatic? I said Podomatic, you can listen to Yeah. That's our home base, Podomatic. And uh, you can also find some other things that we do. We try to update the fans on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But if you'd like to come to mixos.com, our home base, you can find all of the ways to contact us through there. So let's let's get into some uh, some Wonder Woman ning ning. Courtesy of New Dimension Comics, uh, a local comic book chain in western pennsylvania we were able to see wonder woman for a pre-screening last tuesday we were uh if you go to ndcomics.com that's new dimension they have multiple stores throughout the western pennsylvania area so go to ndcomics.com to check out all their good stuff and and thank you so much to todd and all the new dimension folks we were able to go see wonder woman and um we saw it. We were close to the screen. We saw the movie. And what did we think about the movie? A lot of lot of high praise. A lot of uh, big box office numbers. A lot of money rolling into those Warner Brothers coffers. <laughs> a lot of feminists and women well, standing up for the cause. Can we Champion-ing. back up? You know, just people. Championing Maybe just people. Can we, can we back up a minute? Yeah. Right. So we talked about what, you know, we we went over the entire like summer movie preview, the whole slate of everything that was coming out. And we determined that how we felt about this movie before we saw it, where we thought it might rank, you know, was it going to be the best superhero movie or the crappiest superhero movie? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that our opinion on this was pretty unanimous that it was it could be the best superhero movie of the summer. Yeah, I was, I think, didn't we have uh, the one that we wanted the best? We, like, voted on it. I forget. I don't listen to this show. The, well, we said this was an important one for yeah. for DC, the cinematic DC universe, because of everything that was at stake, especially after having, so far, they kind of stumbled out of the gate um, with, it seems, the masses. Um. So this was important. This was necessary to be good. And we, based on the previews and everything, we thought that it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, why was it necessary to be good? Well, because it it might have... Uh, if this was another poor showing from DC, maybe they would have 
halted, you know, production on everything or, you know, at least maybe finish up Justice League and a couple others, but maybe they would have just kind of stopped and started over again. I don't know. Would you have, do you consider Suicide Squad a poor showing? Well, because financially, it's that it's, made back its money. It's in the space. same it did. kind and of showing that, as Batman v right. Superman, and that's all that Warner like Brothers critically maligned. But that's all Warner success. Brothers cares about. A billion people were going to go see Wonder Woman, if it, even if it was bad. Do you think it that was that's, going to make its money back? That's all that Warner Brothers cares about. Do yes. you really think that? Do you think that uh, hearing bad word of mouth and hearing that their films are being trashed? I th- I think that. Sure, the bottom line does matter, but I think that they want well-regarded films, just like any movie studios does. I'm yeah. sure a handful of people that a handful work for people. the the yeah. studio do, but at the same time, it's the bottom line. If the movie wasn't great, but it's still, you know, it's still grossed, they would still make more. So Wonder Woman didn't need to be amazing. Wonder Woman just needed to get people into the theater. If and it, DC would, or Warner Brothers would keep production going in this universe. I think that there were forces outside of just the DC universe riding on Wonder Woman. It was the first female led superhero movie. That is a lot of pressure. And I think that, you know, for right or for wrong, people would attach. Are female superheroes viable to the Wonder Woman brand if it did poorly? Maybe you do get some hesitation on some future adaptions. So I think that not just for DC, but for female yeah, superhero I understand films that, in general, there are a lot riding on this film. Matt was just talking about how this would affect the DC cinematic use late. And I think if it the movie was middling, but it still pulled in as, enough money... DC would still keep the pedal on the gas and keep going. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think DC's ever going to stop making these films. Even if, even if this movie tanked, they would still make these movies. I think the bigger question is, would they rejigger the whole process and do wholesale changes of production teams, directors, things like that? Yeah, the answer is yes, they would. They would yeah. probably look at... A completely new direction, if not a complete reboot. New actors, definitely new directors, new writers. Everything would change. Right. I I agree with that. Right now, now I do think that it was important for Wonder Woman to do well if you wanted to avoid that because word of mouth, you know, may not necessarily affect whether or not this movie or the other movies make money, but. If you continue to say that they're not good movies, that that permeates like the the mass consciousness, and they're gonna remember that the next time DC has a movie, and they're gonna be less enthused for it because oh, that Wonder Woman was crappy because everyone said it was crappy, and everyone said Suicide Squad was crappy. It's it's this like mass kind of mentality that is gonna affect long term what the the universe is going to do it's the goodwill of the brand it's what's marvel yeah works right very hard and long to build up right so when we went to ant-man we were like yeah sure it's a marvel movie it'll be fun and a lot of people that are ignorant to a lot of brands but know marvel is a movie that yeah sure this will be fun this will be a fun movie to take my kids to and we're all gonna <laughs> fucking laugh and laugh and laugh and then people see marvel in the title and they go see X-Men Apocalypse, and they're like, what the fuck? I didn't laugh. <laughs> or enjoy felt, any of I it. I felt nothing. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> Those pricks on the McSauce podcast didn't even review it. But so Wonder Woman did do well. Wonder Woman did well. In the box office, it's still pulling in bank, and it, and it did extremely well critically even the harshest of reviews which would be you are still giving this movie high praise yeah i mean this i think this movie definitely exceeded expectations at least for me in terms of how well it did and 
it seems like it's getting constant good word of mouth as well. So uh, this could be a, like a Deadpool type situation where more and more and more people continue to to go. That that's not me. <laughs> well, that Siri sound effect. That Siri sound effect is not so, me. My shit was muted. I don't know, man. Yeah. Is it? It was my iPad. Oh. oh, shit's happening. It's the singularity. <laughs> Getting back to the uh, you know the great reviews, Wonder Woman official. Like we use, we the general media use Rotten Tomatoes as sort of a barometer of what the fans think. And uh, Wonder Woman is officially the third best reviewed movie on or third best reviewed superhero flick. On Rotten Tomatoes, coming in with a ninety-three percent. What were the first two? Uh it's a great question. <laughs> uh, well, the, the well, no, because the article doesn't actually take you right to it. Right. So it I gives thought, you. I it thought, gives I you thought the, that would right, have well, been before Ian finds right it. Let's guess. What? It gives you the top fifty. So now I have to scroll from the bottom to the top. Um, go ahead and guess. I quickly. Uh, I would found my way. To I would the, probably top. guess the Dark Knight yep. and Avengers. Um. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say those two exactly. The Dark Knight and the Avengers. Yeah, those are your official guesses. Those are yes. our official guesses. Okay. Well, you got one of them right. The Dark Knight. Would you like to take another? You're gonna be fucking floored when you hear what number one is. Really? Is it Deadpool? No. One more guess. The best um, reviewed. The best reviewed movie superhero by movie Rotten Tomatoes. on Rotten Tomatoes. Spider Man Two. Incorrect. 2017's Logan. Huh. That's fucking stupid. Also, yeah. I I, I... I mean, yeah. Well, here, wait, hold on a second. This list is stupid. So it goes three... (laughs) No, no, no. Hear me out. It goes three, two, one. Wonder Woman 3 at a 93%. The Dark Knight 2 at a 94%. And then Logan 1 at a 93%. (laughs) I can read, motherfuckers. That's wrong. Dark Knight should be number one. This is a clerical error on Rotten Tomatoes' part. So we were pretty high on Wonder Woman potentially being the best superhero movie of the summer. Potentially the year. Yeah. Okay, so what have we seen so far? Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm. Was that it so far? For superhero fair, I think so, yeah. Okay. Is it the best that you've seen so far, Paul? Yes. Ian? By a narrow margin. I agree. Yes, by a narrow margin. It could have been emphatically the best if there was a giant chunk. Not giant. Small piece at the end. If a quarter of the movie. <sighs> yeah, sure. A eighth, quarter of the movie. Eighth of the movie? Maybe. It's, it's not that much. Whatever the last 10, 15 minutes, that fight scene, that last fight scene is not good but everything else was wonderful matt what do you think do you think that it was the best superhero well it's right there in the word right wonderful uh it is it the best superhero movie so far yeah yeah sure what wait of the year yeah yeah so far yeah out of the yeah look at look at us group think i love it i love it this is how we always are (laughs) yeah right so it's it, I feel it's hard to. I want to say Wonder Woman is the best superhero movie of this year, and I think on in a lot of ways it is. But compared with Guardians two and Logan, like Logan was such a different kind of movie. Like even with Logan up on that superhero movies list, I question it even being on the superhero movies list. It is, but it's such a different style. It's such a different tone. Like, they... It's not... It does It didn't have that big budget fair. It didn't have a ton of super heroics. But does that make it not a superhero movie? It's I mean, about it Wolverine. Is, it, is about, it is about a comic book superhero. But it just had such a different feel and tone to it. It was made in such a different way that that gives it it gives it its own set of like a different of rating markers yeah um same with guardians which is you know your adventure comedy Mm -hmm. 
But Wonder Woman is, you know, pretty much straight action-adventure. I think Wonder Woman nailed the tone that I want superhero movies to be. You get Guardians and Age of Ultron, which are, you know, slapstick banana peels and cream pies. They are too far on the comedy end. Those are just comedies. Someone get um, Chris Rock in these movies. <laughs> and then you get the way other end. He says about his favorite Marvel movie. I love, yeah, right. I out love of all Guardians. The Marvel movies. But it the hypo- is, I love the hypocrisy. I, no, I'm not, that's not, that's not hate. This isn't, this isn't yeah or nay. This is just I didn't stating facts. Yeah. So there's no hypocrisy. Guardians is a fucking comedy. It is a little. So you get the, that, Ant- Ant-Man too. You get that way end of the the funny scale, and mm-hmm. then you get too far on the other end with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which are just bogged down and serious, no joy. But Wonder Woman really gets the tone, just like Iron Man really got the tone of what I want out of a superhero movie. I want some really emotional beats. Um, I want to be. I want to be engaged emotionally at different points in this movie, and I also want to laugh. I also want want some lightheartedness. And Wonder Woman walked that line fantastically. I think that Wonder Woman wonderfully, pulled, wonderfully. That's what we're doing tonight. I think that Wonder Woman for me, I, it's it's funny that you mentioned Iron Man because the two films that popped to my mind, it it they, I feel like they borrowed tone and style from. Captain America, the first Avenger, and Thor. They took some of the best parts of that otherworldliness from the Thor universe and that ground-in war aesthetic from Captain America, married those two things together and really took cues from those movies and and did it in a really stylish and uh, successful way with uh, Wonder Woman. So, man, um, they, they did some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was, in a lot of ways, it was kind of a war movie. Yeah, I You're, mean, did you think it wasn't going to be though? Oh no, that that's not, um, you know, that's mm, I'm I'm not holding that against it. Uh, yeah. It it really worked. Like in a Captain America: First Avenger was a war movie. I feel like this was even more like this was more of a war movie than Captain America even was like you really got pardon the pun down in the trenches with this <laughs> oh. and they spent All right ian's done for this episode they, Matt. they spent a lot of time on the battlefield more so i think yeah they well it i think wonder woman kept it a little bit more grounded than in captain america captain america kind of played up the fantasy element of it by like introducing hydra and having laser some, weapons yeah right shit. things yeah. that were were not of the time mm-hmm. where most of what we saw in wonder woman from you know the two armies that were fighting against each other were, were appropriate yeah like even dr poison and the things that she was doing, those were legitimate, not or not Nazi. Was it Doctor, uh, German tactics? Was it Doctor Poison? I've been calling her Professor Poison all week, um, probably just because I like uh, I like the alliteration. I like of alliteration. That, but I think it was Doctor. I, I believe it's Doctor Poison, but I like Professor. She can be a professor, um, but yeah, PhD. The, <laughs> the things that she was doing, those were really those were realistic war tactics. Um, I don't know about the. Uh, the snuff that she was giving uh, Ludendorff. I don't think that really existed. I don't oh, think. I'm so glad you said his name because I meant to look that up. I've been calling him the German guy all week. Ludendorff is a actual character, not character. He's an actual historical boy. figure, a yeah. person. Yes, but I doubt that he became a rage monster uh, with the help of Doctor Poison snuff. So I mean, that, there's no nothing to disprove that. But he's a actual character from the World War One. Thank you, Ian, our resident historian. Ah, oh, fuck. Have I been waiting so long for this to actually make sense <laughs> in what we're talking about? Uh, where do where do we want to go? Where do we want to go next with this? Do we want to talk about Themyscira, how they handled 
Diana's training, how we got to see how she became Wonder Woman. She didn't just pick up a lightsaber and was able to take down the whole first order by herself. Shots fired. We got you know, we got to see actual character progression. We got to see her grow. Um all the Themyscira stuff was really freaking cool. I didn't put together Robin Wright Penn was and T.O.P. and the Princess from the Princess Bride until like days later. And uh, Claire Underwood. I had myself a Robin Wright a thon this weekend. I went Who to the see. Fuck is Claire Underwood? Claire Underwood, House of Cards, baby. Uh, Netflix. I don't watch House of Cards. Yeah, I, I watched Wonder Woman and then went slid right into the new season of House of Cards. So it was Robin Wright all, all weekend long. Yeah, um, she was great. Uh, like all the I'm surprised that they uh they killed her so quickly, but I guess that gives Diana sort of you know it focuses her in on the path her heroic journey if you will. It also grounds the Amazons because if they if they're undefeatable if they're unkillable you know it it doesn't it doesn't lend us uh, as much care or worry for diana going forward yeah i like the style of combat that they gave the amazon warriors they kind of gave them like that mongolian horseback uh archer style that's a realistic thing that a group of women could probably pull off and do if they were great uh horse riders and archers that would be I an awesome wouldn't way have to been surprised to see uh call drogo Roll out of you know him Themyscira at some point. Yeah, the uh, Themyscirans were sisters to the Dothraki. Yeah, or either that, or even I feel like Legolas could have probably yeah. rolled with yeah. them. Yeah, he's absolutely. got some of that shit. A lot of uh, arrows and horse riding. He yeah. could probably actually sneak in. Like, remember the movie? Just one of the guys. Oh, uh, <laughs> how about how about just one of the Amazons? It would be months before someone was like. This is a guy. What a romp. <laughs> what do you think? High comedy. Yeah, I, I liked all the origin stuff. I, yeah, I, it it had a it had a really good uh visual fidelity. The the way that how do you oh. pronounce that again? Themyscira. Themyscira. The way that it looked, the way like the bright colors juxtaposed against the the world of man with the the dark and muddy colors was really really awesome. I think it really it really lended to that being Paradise Island. Yeah, it was for sure. The brightest DC movie that we've seen since I don't know. And it Batman was awesome. Robin. You know, and even even Wonder Woman commented when she arrived in London. It what did she say? It's hideous. I think that's what she like said. Piece of shit. Yeah, she it's was a piece like, of shit. What a piece of what a hunk of junk. And Chris Pine was like, don't look like much, but gotta wear it counts, kid. <laughs> uh, so just from a visual standpoint, it was it was really cool. And and I liked the, you know, when the... When German, you almost saw Chris Pine's penis. I really liked the part when the Germans showed up and uh, it, uh, Themyscira. And, Think of um, it as the mascara you can call it paradise island if Parad- that's easier it is easier okay so when the germans showed up at paradise island and and the fight kind of erupted and and you saw what you know great warriors the the amazons were fighting against guys with guns and chris and fi- was like they've got guns right <laughs> uh it was just it, it just looked really cool and and suddenly you were like you bought in that this you know, this race of women are like the ultimate pardon, pardon this, but the ultimate warriors <laughs> they, just without the horrible neon colored face paint. A ball that rolled out, shaking the ropes up and down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all the Themyscira stuff was really neat. I loved all the young Diana stuff. There was that brief clip of like Diana as a teenager, but the actress they got to play young Diana, um, whether by whether on purpose or by accident, played her as, you know, very genuine and mischie- mischievous mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, I thought it really it really lended to 
Diana's journey from the little girl to who she became that she was always like taking a step forward, you know, and looking I like for more, always see, wanting more. You got to see those steps. It wasn't an, it was a lifelong pursuit to hone her skills to become this warrior that also has other skills on top of that, but she has a great foundation and training and years of putting in the work. Yeah, it was cool to see her mom insist that she have to train five times harder than everybody else. Like, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. That lends to that's why she's better than everyone else. Uh, did you guys think that part when the little girl falls off of the ledge and and you see the background behind her as she's falling, that that looked like one of the worst effects that I, that you've seen in years? I thought it was more unlikely that the way they did the time editing that someone would have caught her. Well, uh, okay, but it looked really, really weird. It looked bad. Not to nitpick, because I don't usually like to nitpick stuff like that, but boy, did that look terrible. It doesn't jump out. I can't even really remember that shot. A lot of people hate on the Wonder Woman origin, the made-from-clay brought-to-life-by-the-gods, blah, blah, blah. Because it's kind of nonsense. It is. It's, and like... Say, yeah, like I mean, trying to explain it to someone, it's it sounds it sounds bonkers, but it's really pretty simple. And the way they handled it with you know the kind of animation in the beginning, telling the backstory, they made it really clean, really simple, and it is Wonder Woman's backstory. Yeah, and, and it doesn't need to be super crazy. I think what makes it crazy, and I don't know why people fucking stroke themselves to Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman books because he's the one that makes it bananas crazy. Because he needs to add all the Mount Olympus and all the gods and like all this complicated backstory that you don't need. All you need to know is Zeus came down, got a swerve on with Hippolyta, they had Wonder Woman off to the races. Cause that's backstory's the- done, here we go. Because that's the Brian Azzarello simplified thing, which is, am I wrong that that's what, in the end, that's the version that they're going with? Like, isn't that what Ares tells her yeah, at the end? Yeah, right. And right? That, but- so that's that's way better. Like, I prefer that over, and also having Hippolyta sort of like make up some wacko story, like, oh, I made you out of clay. And, uh, yeah, but even, but even that's if in they the went movie. with... Even if it was, but that's not, but that's not her real. Like that's a lie. That's not how she really came to be. She's oh. Zeus's daughter. Even if it, if even right. if they went with the made out of clay version, yeah. So the fuck what? She builds a daughter out of clay. The clay is given life by the gods, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, right. But it it makes it I don't not- know why people. My point is, I don't know why people think. Wonder Woman's backstory it, is so complicated. People don't like that because it doesn't make her feel like a person. Well, she's not. A, she's no more a human than Clark Kent is. But you know, people accept. Yeah, people Superman. don't necessarily like that he like that either. But that's a. Oh yeah, you're yeah. It's a different conversation. But I'm just telling you, like it. I think that if she is born of a like sort of regular ish relationship, I think like that a, makes a big like a god. Yeah, it that's just, a, your regular ish. That's no more bananas foster than an alien from another planet that gets powers from the sun. That those are both equally bananas. Instilling a clay being with life as opposed to gods having a a, a demigod baby. I don't know. I don't know. I think one's a little different. I, I just do. Yeah, I, you're you're right, Ian. Uh, one thing though that I did like was the way that they addressed. The, the whole made out of clay story and when she reveals it to uh, Steve Trevor and, and that's one of the more humorous moments in the movie when she basically says, well, that's where I came from and he's just like, yeah, okay. Can we can we talk about Chris Pine for a, a second here? Do we it. talk about Chris he, Pine for the next half hour. He, it's, a, it's a great, and we'll talk about Gal, is it Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? Best part I've of the movie, I don't know why this movie wasn't called Wonder Pine. <laughs> is it Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? I think because it's Gal Gadot. But I thought it was Gadot, but then all weekend long I've been hearing Gadot. So I've when it, she says it, it's Gadot. But every podcast I've listened to since then, like other people keep it, saying Gadot. All right, well, I'm, our, I'm, our main I'm girl Gal. You, it's Gadot. Our main Gal. If she says if, Gadot, it's Gadot. If she wasn't as strong a presence in this movie 
if it was any other actress, Chris Pine would have steamrolled the fuck out of it, and it would have been Wonder Pine because he was great. In she film. killed it. She was awesome, and he he was great and would have been the breakout star. Like not breakout because everybody knows Captain Kirk, but he would have stole the show. But she held her own. They were. His, I could have watched magnetism. I could have watched that boat scene forever. That could have been like the rest of the movie. Those two. Hanging out, having awkward conversations in the boat. It was, it was funny. You know, it was it was heartwarming. Like everything about that, I liked. Like I like I love the way she played naive so well. Yeah, it was naive, but it wasn't like a bashful naive either. Because in that scene, she's talking about yeah, she's she's free with. Her sexuality, she's okay with him just laying next to her and sleeping. Mm-hmm. It seems silly that they wouldn't do it, and he's kind of prudish and, and a little reserved, and I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. I love that they played him up as, like, the stereotypical, like, sex object where he's, you know, he's taking the bath and he's getting naked, and, and that would... That's sort of like a Marvel movie thing too, where they, yeah. you know, you got to have some shirtless hunk scenes. Well, I thought there there were, you know, a, a couple a couple innuendo jokes that got laughs in the theater right away when like he stands up, but later like they're still having that conversation. He's slowly walking over to put like a towel over himself, and they're talking about like the watch and what a watch is, and Gal Gadot has a line. Um, she says something like, "Well, it's funny that, like, like you're you're led on by such a tiny thing, or she you let that little thing run your life, right?" And it was, and there were the bigger, clearer innuendo laughs before that, and I thought that was gonna get more laughs because, but it was so subtle, it was slipped in so smooth, like I was, and he I just appreciated like, the comedy. He does of it. sort of like a hesitation, and then he's oh, you know the watch, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, man, do I love I love Chris Pine. It's really there. Are, there are a couple bittersweet things about this movie. One of them is that we're not going to get any more Steve Trevor or Chris Pine in the DC cinematic universe. He is. I don't think he can play a character without levity. Um, I didn't see the western that he just did, but I expect him to still bring some of that charisma and humor. Um, it was Hell or High Water was not a funny movie at all. Was he funny he was, in it? No, he was not. It was like a heart-wrenchingly crushing mm. tale of poverty in the Midwest. Perhaps. Kind of. But kinda he, kinda was, he was... Nailed that one. He was still... Perhaps I'm wrong. He was still a magnetic personality and great in the role, but there wasn't much funny to be had. Yeah, I, I think he would have been a great actor to be Hal Jordan I think he would have brought a natural a natural lightheartedness to up until now would have been very serious DC movies and all the comedy in Wonder Woman was very natural we can get to that in a second Um, but yeah uh, Steve Trevor dies in the end we're not going to get any more Chris Pine in the DC Cinematic Universe I'm sure he's fine with that He's already in the Star Wars franchise. He doesn't need another big franchise taken. Star Trek franchise. He doesn't need uh, another big franchise taking up his time. But man, he was he was so good. I I love that character. I love the way he worked off Gal Gadot. They were so good together that if they're gonna add another, if they're gonna add another male counterpart to her story for a sequel. That's that's a lot to live up to. It's gonna be Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be. What yeah, did I what did so. I just say? We're gonna get to in a minute. Uh, the gal, humor, gal, gal, or, or the humor? humor, the humor. That's what you said. Was that uh, what I meant? Uh, you say oh, a lot. I don't know. You say a lot of stuff. The humor. But. Uh, all the humor in this movie was very organic. It was natural. It was nobody cracking wise uh you know it was nobody with one-liners and zingers all the humor came naturally from uh, a lot of diana's fish out of water Mm -hmm. 
Ness. Yeah. What did that remind you of? Uh, Thor. Okay, I was going to say the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Um, when he goes like to Clark's fish out of waterness in the big city. Yeah. 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 I, I felt like watching it, I was like, this really like harkens back to that. And that's a good thing because, Absolutely. because there have been only a handful of, uh, actors that have been cast in superhero movies that were perfect. I can think of three. Christopher Reeve as Superman, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yeah. If you can name a fourth, God bless you, but I don't think you can. Like these guys, Chris these Evans? three. No, no. I'm talking perfection. I'm talking, I can't even imagine somebody else in this role. Chris Evans is up there, but, but I... To say that he's as um, perfect for the role as like Christopher Reeve was for Superman, that's unfair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Matt, we are in one hundred percent agreement. Well, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, I liked. Um, uh, one of the things I really liked about this movie was just the charm Gal Gadot had. The little bit where she gets the ice cream cone. It's the first time she's had ice cream. And she's just like, oh my God, this is so good. And she looks back at the vendor and she's like, you should be really proud of yourself. <laughs> and it, it wasn't a big comedy play. It wasn't like, you know, a rim shot type line. But it was it was, it was was funny, but it was more yep. just cute and, and just endearing. Yeah, like when she went character. to go look at the baby, she was all excited because there was a baby. Yes. And she went... And and Steve Trevor had to pull her away, and he had to kind of keep her from <laughs> getting herself into trouble. It was it was really great, and it's a great it's a great juxtaposition seeing those scenes followed up with where they get in the fight in the alley, where she is just head over heels. I just need to see this baby, and then the next scene, she's taking out you know five guys with guns with the the bracelets. Yeah, it's like the innocence in the warrior, you know, the the things that she's never seen, which are mundane, but the things that she's highly skilled and very comfortable yeah. with, and there was, which is warfare. And there was no missed beat between the two of them. Gal Gadot right. played each one perfectly, believably. There was, I mean, it was, it was flawless. She just right. got who that character was in all facets. I feel like that, that kind of illustrates what a a great job this movie did of perfectly balancing so many things to make it what it was like it balanced the serious moments with you know the the romantic moments with the action and and it had just the right amount of humor that wasn't like thor the dark world or or um ultron or ultron kind of forced it it just felt like it belonged there and mm-hmm. and they weren't like necessarily pandering for laughs and and what this movie also had that i believe a lot of uh the marvel movies lack and and frankly you know so far the dc movies it had heart and uh it had more of it than than most superhero movies i think it has a lot to do with there there were extra you know amounts of cast members and and an extended family that they have but most of the story revolves around Steve Trevor and Diana so yeah I could you see get this hyper focus <clears throat> on those two aside from the fact that this is a female leading superhero movie and it's the first one really in the you know in the current modern era of comic book movies um, this movie, I think is going to appeal to women not only for that reason, but because there is such a strong romance through the movie that feels genuine, heartfelt, and believable. Like, you know, I don't really get excited about romance myself, but it was really good in this movie. And, you know, when Steve Trevor died, that was a bitch. That was a bummer. Yeah. That was sad. With that said, Ian, why exactly did he have to die? 
You know what? I asked that immediately following the movie. And what Paul told me is that the plane was going to, it was on like a timer anyway. So what Steve Trevor was in this, I feel like this wasn't properly explained or maybe I I was paying attention though. That's the thing. Like I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. It was on a timer. It was going to explode in what Steve Trevor was doing was flying the plane outside of the atmosphere to get the poison away from the general population. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there there was a better way that they could have done that or he could have had a found a parachute or flew it into the atmosphere and jumped out. It felt like a needless or, or death. found like a, a you know, a, in a an island in the middle of nowhere and landed safely and then well exited. since it, since it was on a timer, it was going to explode. Okay, like, okay. But um I don't know. It seemed I could almost see the contract negotiation where Chris Pine's like, yeah, I'm only doing one of these things, right? Like, I'm not coming back for any more, so you got to kill me now. Right. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just rationalizing that point, but I thought there wasn't enough time for him to get the plane to where it needed to be in the atmosphere and to get out of the cloud exposure after it exploded even in a parachute yeah i you know i don't know i feel like it was the fact that so many people have had the same sort of questions like why why do you have to do it that way maybe we're just all dummies or maybe they didn't do a good job of explaining possible i don't know why people are i haven't heard anyone questioning that i don't know why people are directly after the movie and And yeah and i i i told you like i i I think that was lock solid I'm, I don't know, I missed maybe it. with you, but I had a question, Matt had a question, so... I, yeah, I... I and we just answered, we just answered them. That right, it that's still the seems way it had like, to be. Yeah, I know, it still seems like it was explained poorly. Does it, or did you just want more Chris Pine? I don't... Well, no, I don't think so. I think that it was just poorly explained. I was locked in, I was paying attention to the movie, I was what, all engaged, right. well, what else could and he I have must done? have... What what's that? What else could he have done? I don't know. I just think that it was it like the way what I'm saying is that the way that they explained it in the film was not was not done as well as I would have hoped it would have been. Well, why couldn't he land it somewhere else because it's on a timer? It's on a timer. But I mean, what if the the bad guys had taken it off? It still would have been on the same timer. Yeah. No, because the bad guys were supposed to have taken off like way earlier than that they delayed the launch so now they were fucked okay i'm telling you so bring it so bring say, it bring me your arguments there's no this, way around this no 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 this they thought a, this through well no this, this isn't not, an argument calm down i know you want to your argue points, with no people. your points of contention like i'm telling no, you I'm they just, they got this right so so okay so it explodes at a certain point. Like, even if it's down in the atmosphere, it only kills uh, fucking Germans because it's in Germany on the German base. Like, that wouldn't reach far, farther enough to poison and contaminate enough of the area. He gets it. The point is, he needs to get it so high that it dissipates by the time it gets to people on the ground. But say the bad guys get, say the Germans get. The, their way and it gets into the clouds like it's only it's only gonna kill germans in the german side of the front like it's not they far wouldn't be enough able away. to get it far enough in if they launched when they were supposed to launch it's then a, it would have gotten but they did they did but they back. didn't so they launched when they did launch like it's when Chris only Pine gonna takes the plane off. right but where would no he didn't take it off it was already like going down the runway where was where was the German flying the plane to? What what like what was the plan at that point as they were trying to take off? Oh, I don't know that. I'm just talking about what Chris well, Pine no. needed to do. Well, who, well forget no, about that for here, a second. Well, they the still thing, were like, taking it off with the poison on board. What was the plan? Why were they taking it off at that oh, point? I don't know. I'm I'm defending why Chris Pine needed to die. Well, Chris Pine, like it could could have just been like yeah. Yeah, go, see you later. Go do it. Right. Like, because it wouldn't have gotten far enough to affect anybody if it was on this timer. This was all kind of convoluted to me. And and maybe I just was kind of more locked in with Wonder Woman's story at that point. But I guess I need to see it again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like if, if two out of three people have a 
a question, not an argument, not a not a dug into their side of the hill kind of fight to defend. Maybe just a question. Not in their trench. Huh? There, there might be a problem with the way that that was delivered to the audience. That's all I'm saying. Paul, what was your favorite part of this movie? Um, Nude Chris Pine. What was your second favorite part of this movie? Oddly, that was the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> it's really not that odd. Pants. I don't. Uh, I think probably the the chemistry and the relationship between Steve Trevor and Diana. That the the way they worked from the very beginning mm-hmm. up until the very end was handled very well. Matt, well, what was your favorite thing? Well, my favorite thing specifically was uh, Gal Gadot. I thought that her performance as Wonder Woman was captivating. I think that it was it was the, one of the best superhero origin performances ever. Uh, and again, I put it right there with um, you know Superman and, and Iron Man in terms of uh, quality. And every second she was on the screen, I was like locked in. It, it was very much like when Heath Ledger was the Joker in The Dark Knight. And every moment he was on the screen, I was just absolutely mesmerized. And, and that's the way it felt watching this when she was on the screen. Ian, favorite part? Yeah, uh, my favorite part also is Gal Gadot, but it's most specifically... Because she's pretty... Yeah, because I'm that fucking shallow. <laughs> she is super pretty, but that has nothing to do with the moment. Is when they're going through the trenches, and um, she, you know, it's the moment where she she comes out of the trench and and looks makes, super pretty, makes her looks powerful and pretty and heroic and all those things. I I like the um, the fact that the reasoning it it we talk about it a lot here. And I'm not always on the side of this argument, but, you know, we want our heroes to be heroes. And in that moment when everybody's trying to convince her, no, we need to we need to keep moving. That's the mission. This is not the mission. And she emphatically says that these people need help. And if nobody's going to help, who's going to help? We can help them. And she takes her cloak off and she has the iconic Wonder Woman outfit. She climbs to the top walks through walks into no man's land starts fending off the bullets and it's 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 so it was so much more than just the act of her walking up there and the power of her doing it but it's the it's the heroic nature of her saying that we're the people that need to help and these people need help and that's i think that's what a lot of people identify with superheroes and heroism and Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, that's all the things, but that it, it was all encompassed right there in her climbing up the ladder and walking through no, no man's land. And that, that was my favorite part. It, it gave me goosebumps. It was, it was great. It was the part that you see in the trailer a lot, but the weight of that moment and the, the things that preceded of the it, rest of the movie surrounding it, it was even more powerful. Right, because everybody is telling her these are the things you can't do. No, 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 no. You Don't can't. be a dumb broad. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. You have to look out for yourself. And ha- you know who? Well, she's talking to the uh, the Native American uh, Indian guy that there that's on their team, and he's like, oh, you know. I, I don't I don't fight for anybody basically he's a mercenary and she doesn't understand that and just the the pureness and the whole, wholesomeness and in the just straight heroic nature of Diana in that moment I think I'm I'm trying to think of another superhero moment that crystallizes as much as that moment does and I off the top of my head I can't think of really any of them the like maybe maybe Captain America in the alley in the first movie when he's just Steve Rogers and he's getting his fucking ass beat up. Well, and- the the core of that sentiment is Christopher Reeves' Superman, but there's right. no like there's a lot of there's no there's a lot there's of no little stuff, but there's moment. no there's no outstanding moment. So if that was your favorite, what was your least favorite part? 
Oh, we're going to do that right after I was hopeful and positive and all that stuff. I, I hated the big typical DC Universe movie rubble fight at the end between Gal Gadot and David Thewlis of Fargo fame. Mm. Um, I just didn't think that this movie needed a big beat em up super villain mash up the the city kind of fight. I thought it sort of undercut what the themes and premises of the movie were. I thought it would have been more effective for her to realize that no, Ares isn't behind this. The world of men needs help because men are can be led astray and men can be evil and they need a guy you know someone to help and and, not, and save the not people. Not just the world of men, but just humanity. Like real people. Yeah, I mean that's yes, yeah. yes, sure. Real people. Yeah, we left and um, you know, I heard excellent, amazing, best movie ever. And like I just could not commit to that kind of praise. And I think it's because that last that last fight just fell off. Um I wanted whenever she kills the German guy. Ludendorff. Ludendorff. She has this moment of realization where she's like, Oh, this didn't stop the fighting. Yeah. This like I just killed who she thinks at the time is Ares. This didn't stop the fighting, and I thought it would have been a way more poignant, uh, you know, ending to the story if she realizes, you know, Ares isn't someone that I can punch into submission and stop the war. If Zeus kills Ares earlier or way in the past, and the essence of Ares just seeps into humanity. And that's the Ares that she's fighting. She needs to keep fighting the good fight because she believes that humanity can overcome this plague of Ares. But, and I'm sure the writers of this movie were like, yeah, this is it. Let's go with that. And then someone was like, you know, this isn't going to get approved without yeah. a big fight at the end, right? Yeah, Warner Brothers proper, you know, their their, yeah. their paylords came down. And so like, then... Eh. Yeah, then we, we need a rubble fight. Yeah, and i i would have I would have loved it to have been a more a more thoughtful type of 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 resolution. If you go that way, she still has to help Steve and the team end that particular battle, stop the plane and the bomb. There's still ways to have a big super heroic ending, just not with the big rubble punch him up. Yeah, and it. Just I felt like that undercut all the themes that they're sort of building towards with almost everybody telling her, like, come was, on, Chicky. Yeah. There's no god of war. Her, like, you need with to her, chill the fuck out. Like, people are just bad. And I wanted her to learn that sometimes people do bad things. Matt Lee's favorite part? Naked Chris Pine? I guess it was probably Ares at the end. Uh... I didn't think it was as bad as, as you guys seem to think it was. Um, I don't know if I loved the way that he looked. I Porn stash? Yeah, what, what's that actor's name he played? David Thewlis. Yeah, he was in the Harry Potter movies. He was and, Professor Lupin. Yeah, and I liked him probably better than that. Well, he's great up until that point, even when him and Diana are having the talk up in like up in the yeah like the that would have been except it's like the hangar kind of thing the lookout tower like that would have been okay for him to reveal himself as like you're looking for me i'm not responsible for all this i still exist but this is men doing this shit like i would have preferred yeah that. he's great is that creepy unassuming like mastermind behind everything but once he beefs up with that porn stash like the fact that in the fla yeah. flashbacks they decided to just go and ahead and put his body on some ripped dude. I was put like, his face on some ripped ripped body. I was like, Jesus, and and keep the stash <laughs> yeah. back in yeah. you know ancient it, days. Props. <laughs> it it wasn't so bad that it that it killed anything. It was cool to see Wonder Woman use her powers to the to the fullest by having to fight somebody like that. And then I also felt like it was pretty cool that that's probably who she was referring to when, 
we first see her as Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman. She was like, you know, I've fought things way worse than this, referring to Doomsday, and and probably Ares is what she was talking about. Yeah, I kind of think that I feel I want to feel and and believe that Wonder Woman has fought even even crazier shit. Yeah, than maybe. This. You know, than than what she faced it, in her first go round. Now I can't be sure, but I mean, is the first time we see Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman is that her reveal to the world for the first time since World War One? I? I hate that if it is. I I want her to have had some other fights and some other battles, and but that's I don't know. We don't. That's really the only know. that's the only hang up, and what I think is a pretty perfect setup for her to have her own standalone movie series it's set so far in the past that she can oh i mean you can do 50s 60s 70s 80s like you, yeah well you can do you can do a lot of things just in the years following the couple years following this movie where it doesn't touch anything else whatever yeah. whatever garbage fire dc has planned <laughs> with justice league and anything else wonder woman is clean of that stink wonder woman is set so separate so off that you know off by itself that it's not gonna suffer whatever Zack snyder and the justice league movies are, are gonna do um the only the only thing is that like yeah like how is if she's coming out and showing herself in that capacity granted you know media then isn't what it is now, but you know, like that. But what was she so could she still... was like se- she was like semi-active in Batman v Superman. Like she was up to some shit, yeah, right? Like right. she just wasn't, you know. She and I mean, she came strapped. She had her fucking oh, she was ready outfit she ready, was ready to ready rock. To throw she knew how to. It wasn't her first go round, so I think they can. Maybe it was like the only time that she actively was photographed. Yeah, and you can get away with that in. A, a couple Wonder Woman sequels. Yeah. One tiny little thing that I was disappointed with was no reference to any other part of the DC universe. Not the cinematic universe. I'm thankful they didn't really connect it other than the the intro and outro scenes where she gets the old picture from Bruce. I mean, she gets... You know, there is Wayne Enterprises at the beginning... You know, you right. get a little bit of that. I don't, yeah. Like, what would, since it is set so far apart, what would you do? What What I'm specifically referring to is, like, DC Comics history. Um, uh, whenever they first introduced Dr. Poison, they say her name's uh, Maru. And a couple, when they first say it, it sounds like Morrow. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, shit, this is awesome. This is a callback to uh, T.O. Morrow. DC mad scientist <laughs> like this is like she's an ancestor of T.O. Morrow this is that's a you know sweet nod mm-hmm. and then once I then they say Maru a couple times and it's Maru in the credits not the same person I think they could have you know they the way they turned the World War II setting into World War One. you probably could have still had uh a, some Sergeant Rock some Blackhawks you, the the wars are twenty years apart. Like you can't really do it. Like I I get that people want to do that, but there's a generation that separates those two happenings. Yeah, but Wonder Woman was in World War Two, and Steve Trevor was in World War Two, and they made it work in World War One. You could have had Easy Company in World War One, just as easy as you could have in World War Two. Yeah, I they mean, don't I, need to be. I guess so. They don't need to have tanks. Like they can have the technology of the time and still be the losers. Well, why don't you? You could even save that for the Wonder Woman sequel when she comes back to fight some fight the Nazis. Yeah, the that that too. One. And it's it's like I mean, it didn't turn the movie one way or another for me. But I heard a lot of people were sort of, you know, not belly aching, but sort of unhappy with the lack of. DC Universe ties, and I, I don't know. I think that's something that made this movie different and nice and crisp and clean is that it didn't have too much of that stuff. It was its own movie that sat in its own world and did its own thing. Yeah, and like, and that's like, I don't need to see 
you know, Sergeant Rock doesn't need to be part of Steve Trevor's company. But if it's just a name, like Dr. Poison, her last name mm-hmm. is Morrow. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Like, I like it. It's subtle. It doesn't affect anyone's anyone's viewing of that movie unless you know DC Comics history. And that only enhances it. I agree. And it makes you, it sort of makes you mad that they come so close, but then they're like, eh. It's like the, the, you know, Chris Nolan experience. Yeah. You come so close, so close, just make John Blake, Tim Drake. Yeah. But you can't fucking help yourselves. So, let's, uh, do we want to, do we want to rank the four DC Cinematic Universe movies, or do we want to save that for another show? Let's save that for another show. I think that's probably some fertile ground for us to dig into. Matt, do you want to give us your final polynomic score? Do you have any last thoughts? You've been awfully quiet over there. Mm, no, no. I think I said everything that I wanted to. I would probably give this a final score of 9 out of 10. I think that it's right up there with the best origin movies for superheroes. I think the performances were top-notch. The writing was great. It was written by Alan, what, Heisenberg? or Heinberg? Heinberg. Heisenberg was on Breaking Bad. Who had a lot of uh, TV credentials, actually, but um, he actually wrote some... Uh, some comic books for a while. He wrote the Young Event, Young Avengers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which were were good when it started. I recall, and uh, it's funny because you see his writing credentials. It's like the OC, um, Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Um, That's why the OC you know, was so good. A lot of H. like Hizzy. a lot of shows. I think that are geared toward girls and Paul and me. And I'm surprised he hasn't written Pretty Little Liars. And uh, the the writing was was just so good. I mean, the story was great. the The characters were great. Um, the action set pieces were great. It, it was it was easily the best DC movie, and uh, I I was thrilled with it. It was one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Ian, um, I would give it a eight. Um, it definitely has. It's definitely the best movie that I've seen this year, or at least my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Um, I I do have to take some points, or at least a full point off of it because of that. The fight at the end, I really, I really disliked not only the way that the fight looked, but more importantly the the theme that I felt they were building to, which was undercut in that moment when they took it away. Like that meant a lot to me, and I was like, ah. Uh, I think that you could have done it a little bit better. But um, an eight, definitely an awesome movie that I'm excited to go back to see. As I mentioned before, I think it might have one of the most uh, distilled heroic moments, like like coming out of the coming out of the trenches. That moment right there, I'll I'll remember for all of my times doing this podcast. So that's. That's uh, an iconic moment that I don't think that anybody will ever forget. So, an eight for me. Paul? I'm also going to give it an eight. The The climax of the movie kind of fell apart. I really wanted it to be the, the more thoughtful, the more poignant finish. But it still wound up being, uh, you know, big boss fight at the end. I gave Guardians two an eight as well and like that went into that went into my thinking about the scoring because there's I think Wonder Woman is a better film but I think within the category of an eight within the score of an eight you can like different eights better I know that sounds silly but I think you can yeah we don't do we don't do percentages no here you get to pick one number but I would I my eight is a high eight. In, inside the context, the strict <laughs> confines of the eight, <laughs> I think that I, I like Wonder Woman better. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman was really, really, really good. Um, uh, really, really makes me upset that um, 
Justice League's gonna stink so bad. Are you excited to see, see that they're capable? Are you excited of, of to see Wonder more? Woman return to the screen though? Yeah, yeah, I still think it's gonna stink, but I'm excited to see to see Gal Gadot. Yeah. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? I think we said all that we're gonna say. That's gonna do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. Yeah.